I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Lisa Novier, the Head of Governance, Risk and Compliance for Investnet Data and Analytics. Our topic of conversation, open banking. Open banking, particularly in the United States of America, which is something that doesn't exist yet, but it's coming. How far away are we, Lisa? I think from an industry perspective, we're already there. What isn't in place today is the regulatory requirements, right? So I think from an industry, we've made a lot of progress. There is open banking, and it's even closer to open finance. So the types of data and use cases that are being used in open banking across the U.S. go way beyond just bank transactions. So well beyond retail banking. We have use cases that cover mortgages, brokerage accounts, you know, all types of loans. And so I think it's quite comprehensive, although we haven't had regulatory oversight at this point. It seems a little odd that this has evolved without regulatory oversight. I think it's driven by market demand from consumers. Consumers are looking for the ability to manage their finances, how they want to, where they want to, and they interact a lot digitally here in the U.S. And so that market demand from the consumers has driven a market and industry-led initiative to implement open banking across our ecosystem. And so it's very much market-driven, particularly from a standards perspective and technical standards. And you're seeing here collaboration from the financial institutions, the data aggregators, and our fintech companies to really create this agreement on what those technical standards should look like, how that should be best executed, and doing that together collaboratively from a market perspective, which I think has really driven some good competitiveness as well as confidence in the ecosystem to be able to share that data to power those use cases that the consumer wants. Which all sounds great, but there is one missing piece to the puzzle, and the missing piece to the puzzle is the regulation. What was the Consumer Financial Protection Board doing while all this development was going on? They've been doing a lot of research. They have been interacting with the market, and they are you know, actively drafting that regulation. It's been a long time coming, I will say that. And we're really looking forward to having that regulation come into place because there are some aspects of the system today that are just not scalable, particularly in the areas of risk management. So although the technical standards have been well-developed, the from a policy perspective and being able to manage risk, there is a lot of disagreement, I would say, within the ecosystem. And a lot of negotiation that goes on, you know, particularly with the financial institutions in order to be able to access the data. They rightfully want to make sure that they're sharing it with entities that can protect the data, can protect consumers, make sure the risk is well managed from a privacy and security perspective. And so I think regulation will help to create more trust in that aspect in the system and really looking forward to that. Well, you've, to a certain extent, answered this question, but I do want to press you on the point. What is the current state of the regulatory environment around open banking in the U.S.? We do have a regulation under Dodd-Frank, Section 1033, which states that the consumer has a right to access their data. 
And so that has also contributed to creating this open banking ecosystem. But the rulemaking that describes the guidance on how to execute that is what's missing. We have been actively participating in providing input to the CFPB and to other policymakers to help drive what that regulation or that rulemaking will look like. There was a proposal that was released in October of 2022, which had a lot of great content in it. And we're looking forward to the final proposal coming out later this year. So some of the things that we really liked about that proposal for rulemaking that came from the CFPB is that the information that they're looking to cover would be both what's available to the consumer today in print and online, which is a great first start because we would not like to see it just cover online because then there would be a tendency to remove information from online into print content and then not make it available to consumers. Recognition that the consumer is the one who should drive consent and authorization for the use case. So it's a very consumer-centric proposal instantiating into regulation that consumer data right, which is very important. And they're looking to develop that framework for minimum uh, risk management standards, which is also a component that we're looking for. So some very good concepts in the initial proposal, but some of the things that we are hoping that they will add to it is to broaden the scope of the data. So they're just looking at retail banking information to be available, but we're hoping that they broaden the scope to include those other use cases that I talked about earlier, right? So investment brokerage accounts, loans, and that type of thing that because consumers are already have access to that data today. And we worry that if the re- regulation is too narrow, that might start to not be able to have that data available to the consumer the way it is today. So we want to make sure that they don't restrict what's already happening. Well, you've talked a lot about the consumer and about retail banking. I have to say, from my experience of open banking regimes elsewhere in the world, that's not where banks make money in open banking. (laughs) They do not make money out of the retail banking side of open banking. Mm -hmm. Where they are going to monetize it is in the business banking arena. So that's another component of the regulation here that's upcoming in the U.S. The proposal just covered consumers, and we're hoping that at least it will extend to small and medium-sized businesses. So both from a data element perspective, as well as the scope of who the regulation covers, we're hoping will be um, much broader. Well, I think what has to be spelled out are the consumer protections, are the security side of things, because If I'm a consumer in the United States and I am happily giving my data away, which is what I'm doing, to financial institutions and to third parties that those financial institutions have a relationship with through open banking capabilities, I really want to be sure that it's going to be secure. Absolutely agree, right? And so that's what this regulation will bring is those minimum requirements. Today, In order to access the data ourselves here at InvestNet Data and Analytics, we have to enter into data access agreements with each of the financial institutions. That's how we obtain access to their open banking APIs. And a very critical part of those negotiations is privacy and security and liability and making sure that the financial institution is comfortable with the processes that we have in place to be able to manage data for the consumers. And so... Once we have regulation here in the U.S., 
the hope is that that will take the burden off of the financial institution to describe or try to negotiate those with us. And there would be those minimum requirements coming from the government. And we could demonstrate that to the government and then be able to access the data across the ecosystem instead of approaching each financial institution one by one. Important for making this scalable across the ecosystem. That is one of the pieces that is, I would say, most critical for us because we do spend a lot of resources in those negotiations and also trying to, you know, make sure that the financial institution that is going to be providing the data has confidence in us from a security and privacy perspective. The good news is, though, that we have been able to demonstrate that very well over the last 20 years and do have a lot of connections with different financial institutions. What you've just described to me sounds mind-numbingly dreadful. If you are having to (laughs) enter into negotiations with every individual institution, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just saying, look, we qualify under the framework that has been published by the regulators, we do X, Y, and Z. And you can present that information to everybody and say, sign us up, we're good to go. But to go through individual institutions with each of their individual requirements and each of their different ways of doing things, that surely speaks against the whole idea of what open banking is supposed to do. Supposed to make the data available, right? And so those negotiations can go on from a few months to, uh, in some cases, it's taken a few years in order to be able to execute a single agreement. Each bank has its own risk profile, its own risk management strategies, its own top, you know, risk tolerance levels. And those really do come into play when we're trying to make negotiations. So absolutely looking forward to regulation to be able to set those minimum standards. We can demonstrate it to the government and then be able to have access to all of the open banking connections. Because if you think about it in the United States, there are thousands of banking institutions and it's going to take us, if we have to continue to do this one by one, it's going to take us a very long time to get through that entire um, system of financial institutions. It is a constant source of surprise to some of us just how, and please don't take this the wrong way, but how far behind some banking practices are in the United States. Yes, you're home to the technology, and yes, you're home to all the companies in Silicon Valley and all that. But this is a country where people still write checks. There is varying levels of adoption across the U.S., but I would say there is a very high level of digital interaction. And a lot of consumers in the U.S. use digital banking, um, digital deposits. And I myself very rarely uh, visit a bank here in the United States because I can do most of what I need to do online. So I, I would say... This is also one of the things we're trying to solve with this regulation is there there are varying levels of access to financial services and banking institutions, depending upon where you live in the United States and uh, how rural the area is. And there are some communities where there are underbanked uh, populations. And so having this regulation will really help solve that and provide access to everyone to be able to have their data in these digital experiences and be able to uh, monitor their financial wellness. And here at Investment 
data analytics, we call that an intelligent financial life. So hoping regulation will help support that because today it is, you know, you probably are seeing people writing checks because there are varying levels of the ability to access that data depending upon where you bank, right? And so most of our very large institutions have adopted open banking. We have connections to them. But if you're not banking at one of these larger institutions, we may or may not be able to successfully access your data to be able to power those solutions. And so the, one of the other things that we've asked for in this regulation is deadlines to implement those data dedicated access portals across all of our financial institutions so that consumers all have that equal ability to access the data. Well, you're talking at one level about financial inclusion, and you are also at another level referring to the old cliche, a level playing field. You want mm-hmm. a level playing field for consumers, whether they're on the coasts or in flyover country or in rural areas, or whether they're with the, ba- the first national bank of the land that time forgot. <laughs> you actually, yes, I'm sorry, that's an old joke. <laughs> you actually want people to be able to access the services that they should be able to access. That's completely what we're looking for. That's one of the protections that every one of our consumers should have. So if we have this legally binding data access right, it should be available to everyone. Thank you very much, Lisa Novier, Head of Governance, Risk and Compliance at Investnet Data and Analytics.